1: Good morning and welcome to Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett, the CEO and founder over at Wildman Web Solutions, a digital marketing agency here in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, we put out this show every week, live streaming to our Facebook page and YouTube channel to answer any and all questions anyone might have about business, uh, technology, marketing, uh, or anything else you want to throw in here. So uh, this is an open Q&A. Uh, so throw your questions in the comments below, or you can email us if you're watching this later at askwildman@wildmanweb.com. at wildmanweb.com. I've got that address um, scrolling below me in the the crawler down here. So we'll go through that e- uh, the email inbox and through your comments, try to answer all questions. And we are doing this every week We'll make sure to note that uh, this is a weekly show we live stream every Wednesday at 11. So if you're catching this later, make sure to jump on and join us live next Wednesday at 11. All right, joining me here as always, nice big introduction Mike Hannah, Mike, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great, miles,
1: yeah, just just hopping
0: in the old uh, co-captain's chair here with you. Privilege as always, sir. How are you this morning?
1: I'm doing good. so like I just said, uh, this is an open q and a. It's meant to be a discussion with you, the viewers, so uh, make sure to throw your comments uh, below and anything you want us to talk about, any questions you have or if you have any personal experiences with the things we're going over, uh, go ahead and throw those in there. we'll We'll show them in the stream if they're relevant. Um, Or if you just want to say hi. Also, we are doing this as a public resource. We started doing this during the uh, original COVID-19 pandemic shutdowns. Uh, A lot of businesses were starting to get online, for some of them for the first time, and some of them were really leveraging their online presence for the first time. Um, and so we, as a, a local digital agency, we're getting all of these questions, this inundated with questions on how to do some of this stuff. Um, so we started doing this live stream just to do uh, tackle some of those frequently asked questions and give people a resource to ask some local specialists how to tackle some of this stuff. Um, but it is meant to be a resource for everyone. So if you think the information that we're providing here is valuable, or if you know anyone that might uh, you know, find this useful, please share, uh, like, share, engage, comment, whatever you can do. Anything that you do that um, engages with this video helps us to reach more people, hopefully answer some more questions and be more of a resource to um, our community and yours. So like, share, comment, all of the social media stuff, you know what to do. All right, getting into the questions here. Got a couple of things over here. First of all, um, I wanted to tackle one that uh, actually came from a conversation we had yesterday, and that was someone asking about SEM. Uh, in, con- in The context was uh, sort of explaining what, where to use SEM versus SEO, what those things were. Uh, so I just kind of yeah, wanted to well, dispel some of those things uh, here off the top so real quick i know i've talked about seo before on this show but you know just a a high level definition before we get into sem seo is search engine optimization Uh, a little bit of a self-description uh pretty descriptive title there but basically um in seo effort seo campaign you are optimizing something typically a business website for search so you're starting off doing some keyword research Keywords being what people are actually typing into their search engines in order to find you. And then optimizing your content, your website, your listings, uh, all the data about you and your full online presence to match those keywords. So that when people search for those selected keywords, they're finding you. This is really targeted at organic traffic. When I say organic, I don't mean, you know, raised on a farm. I mean that you didn't pay for it. That means that people are finding you naturally or organically. SEM is kind of the other side of that coin. Still talking in search engines, we're still talking about that same process of someone searching for you, optimizing that for a particular campaign. Um, however, we're talking about paid traffic and that is, um, that's that search engine marketing. So basically you're running a campaign uh, in Google AdWords or you're doing Bing ads, um and you are targeting a specific demographic a specific keyword set and putting your your website your facebook page whatever it is um in front of those people and you're paying for that traffic so you might recognize these things when you search for anything you go to google type in anything um and you're first going to see some sponsored posts there, some ads. They're going to be labeled. They say sponsor. They say ad. They have a little green icon next to them. These are ads. So that, that's SEM, that's search engine marketing. Below that, you'll see probably the map block. And then below that, you'll see organic results. So when we're talking about SEM, we're talking about that top block. and we're talking about SEO, you're talking about that third section there for organic posts or organic content. So there's a couple of key differences between these two efforts. I won't say one is better or worse, or one is right or wrong, Uh, much like other digital marketing tools or tactics, there's sort of a a time and place for everything. Um, So as long as you're using it properly, then uh, both both of these tactics, both of these tools can be highly beneficial to small businesses in extending their online presence um, and hopefully increasing sales. Well, the first big difference here between SEO and SEM is your measurement tactics, your metrics. So one of the big benefits, one of the big pros for search engine marketing is that the analytics are amazing. Uh, We'll just talk about Google Ads, especially when paired with Google Analytics the amount of data that you can get on these campaigns is ridiculous so you can market to a very specific demographic for a very specific keyword sets and track who is seeing it how many people are seeing it how much money you're spending per view per click and then if you pair it with google analytics say your ad is going to your website then you can track people all the way from initially seeing your ad click seeing it, clicking on it, going to your website, and then how they behave on your website. So you can see everything that's going on here and just get a ridiculous amount of data. This allows you to do a couple of things. First of all, you can see what's working and what's not, put more resources behind what's working and maybe a little more love into something that's not working or you know, change your tactics a little bit. It allows you to be a little bit more agile um, and make changes faster. Because you have all of this, this wealth of data coming in, you can tell pretty quickly what's getting you that uh, the best results. Um, And it's pretty easy to prove ROI on this uh, because there is going to be sort of a a more one to one correlation of dollars spent to conversions made, especially if you have a well defined uh, call to action maybe that's buying something on your e-commerce website maybe that's clicking on a call you button or filling out a a form on your website or whatever it is if there's something um, very measurable there um, very in at the end of this process then measuring that roi for a uh, an sem campaign can be pretty straightforward versus seo what we're doing there is we're starting off with a benchmark um after we determine what your keywords are gonna be, we do some searches and we figure out where you fall in average so let's say we we pick a keyword um, and we find that you're number seventeen organically or something um and then we're gonna work on um improving your website, doing on-site SEO, doing um, off-site SEO. If you want to hear more about those tactics, go back and watch some previous episodes where I go pretty into depth here. Or if you want me to tackle it a little bit more here, then say something in the comments. I'll always gladly go down that rabbit hole with you. And then after we do some of this work we're going to see how that affects that ranking if your ranking goes up and you were at 17 and now you're at 11 then we know what we're doing is working but we're waiting for that response from the real world and depending on your industry um the number of the amount of traffic that we're talking about here what search engine we're dealing with and a number of other factors this can take some time so There's going to be this delay in between what you do and then the real world results that can be days weeks or months down the line so the entire process is a little bit more of a trial and error kind of period Um, and because those results do take a long time to really manifest uh, you're not able to be as as agile with your efforts uh, with your campaign as a whole next big difference between these two and this is one that i kind of brought up in our conversation yesterday i believe the analogy was the difference between sem and seo is the difference between rental property and owning property on a rental property you can have a really nice condo but as soon as you stop paying rent you got nothing you do not own that you have no stake in it you have no equity while you're paying for it you have it when you stop paying for it it's done same thing happens for sem for marketing, even if you have an amazing campaign going, you're displaying the exact right ad to the right people at the right time, it's converting very well, it's doing a lot of good work for you, the moment you stop paying for that campaign, that ad is gone. You don't display there anymore, you're not showing anything to that audience anymore, so it, it, you have to continue paying for this thing and after you're done with the campaign there's no built up equity there there's no residual effects outside of hopefully a, a couple new happy customers that will hopefully become returning customers seo is a little bit more like you know owning that property owning that land because as you work on it you improve your website's language you improve your website's metadata you create content you cross post you guest blog you Get your information out there on the proper listing sites and directories and map services. All of these things will retain value past the SEO campaign. So say you did a six-month SEO campaign and you jumped from you know the second page up to the first page of Google. That means that once you stop that SEO campaign, you're not just immediately going to jump off or drop off that first page. You're going to stay there because what you've done is actually built equity in your your online property. So there can be some residual effects there. Now I'll I'll put one caveat in there, and that is that if you did a bunch of great SEO and you got yourself to the first page, you can't just stop and then expect to be on the first page forever because other people are working, other people are doing SEO. um, The world is kind of moving around us. So if you do stop doing an, uh, an SEO campaign, Um, While everything you did there is going to retain its value, expect other people to be moving towards you and maybe start passing you. You're going to see that ranking start to slowly drop over time. Uh, So there is a little bit of maintenance there required. So while there are a couple of pretty key uh, differences between SEO and SEM, um, there is one kind of overarching fact that is, similar between the two and that is their place in the sales funnel i know mike has given in his whole spiel on the sales funnel but you know just really quickly there starting off at the top the biggest section this is brand awareness this is people just getting to know that you exist you are reaching out to uh, as broad an audience as possible and saying hey i'm here i exist just letting you know <laughs> that's 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 the very top end of everything as you move down into the next section a little bit smaller these are uh, that's where they're really getting to know you you're saying here's my products here's my services here's my business um, and these people at this point are getting to be more actively interested in you your company and your offering they're not ready to buy yet they're not ready to convert yet but they are also a little bit past just knowing that you exist They're 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 actively interested in who you are and what you're doing And then once you move past that, you're getting closer and closer to the bottom of that sales funnel. And that is the close. Uh, Eventually, obviously, you're wanting to close some sort of deal, um, some sort of call to action, some sort of conversion, and ultimately increasing sales. Both SEO and SEM kind of fall in the middle of that sales funnel. And so that is you're not gonna do a lot of brand awareness increase with SEO or SEM. You're not gonna reach out to a bunch of new people, a bunch of new audiences or anything. But what you are going to do is you're going to capture more of those people that are interested in your type of service, and they're going to go to you instead of your customers. So at this point, you know I've already decided I'm hungry. I want burgers for dinner. I'm gonna go to the search engine. I'm gonna go to Google. I'm gonna search burger restaurant. Lawrence, Kansas. Now, at that point, we've passed that uh, top level of funnel and I'm actively interested in possibly purchasing something. Um, We just need to make sure that that person is arriving at you before arriving at your competition. So that's either by seeing your um, SEM ad at the top um, or by arriving at your organic result uh, via some search engine optimization. Well, both of them kind of fall in the same category of that middle funnel type of activity. So again, both of these things, um, incredibly valuable campaigns and efforts to put out there. They have some pretty clear pros and cons. And, and neither one, I'm I'm going to say, is better than the other one, but they definitely fit more appropriately in different types of campaigns. So you have to decide, based on the information that I've just given you about SEO and SEM, based on your, your campaign, what it is you're trying to do, based on your industry, your competitors, and your knowledge of your business, which one is going to be right for you. That, I guess, I'll, I'll step off of my soapbox and... Uh, let Mike jump in here. Do you have any other additional points or anything I've I've missed on the SEO and SEM comparison?
0: Good stuff there, Miles. Um, I just had a couple of things maybe to add on to what you were saying. You know, and and hopefully in an ideal world, you know, it's not an either or situation. It's a it's an and, and, a, and both. And it's just you know maybe which one are we going to spend more money on, <laughs> because yeah, I think you really do need uh, need both. You want to obviously have a great SEO ranking. Uh, for all of the things that people may search for you, if, they, if there's certain things that you really want to convert on, uh, there's not not going to be a better way to convert than uh, SEM, and, and certainly not a better way to track it uh, than SEM. So, and and uh, you know, and I really think of, of SEM too as uh, as really bottom of the funnel, you know, just as much as as middle of the funnel. Um, it's really yeah, when somebody's in that buying mode, they've already decided they're going to buy your product your service they're just really trying to figure out who uh they're going to do business with uh and so you know of course the best way to overcome that is is we talked about last week with apps is is skip the search entirely and becoming top of mind with your customer within that certain products or service category and so fully you know we're able to put together a marketing campaign where the bulk of of the revenue is coming from people where we don't need seo or sem but we obviously are not going to have total market share, you know, uh, in, a, in, a, in a perfect world, maybe we would. But this SEO and SEME is really a great way to take market share and to bring in new customers. And and again, it's it's not something like you alluded to. You're going to build brand with, you're not going to build in, or you're not going to bring in people who have no idea why they need your product or service. But if somebody's in the market for your product or service, it's certainly uh, the best way to get them in if they're not already thinking about you. I think that, uh, you know, if we had to pick one or the other, you know, I, I would say get your SEO in in, um, in a good position first. And, Miles, it's been, I'll, I'll admit, this, this uh, stat I'm about to throw out is at least a couple years old. So if you have a better one, uh, feel free to correct me. But uh, last I checked, 85% of clicks from a Google search were in the organic uh, search results in the SEO portion and not the SEM portion, not the part at the top where it says ads. That's only 15% or less of all clicks, uh, according to Google last time I checked. So, uh, obviously, the bulk of the, of the purchases, the bulk of the traffic is going to come from organic results. So, to me, if you're down on five and all of your key keywords and categories in SEO, uh, that's not the time to. To do an SEM campaign, unless you're only worried about short-term results, uh, you know, as you alluded to, SEO is definitely a long game, and SEM you could get results theoretically tomorrow as long as you have a good offer and people are searching for it, right? So, uh, you know, obviously we always want to be trying to uh, to position ourselves for long-term success and building out towards the future, and not chasing dollars and chasing our tail, trying to do have short-term successes, but it is what it is sometimes. And uh, of course, going into fourth quarter, which is tomorrow, sometimes people are looking for uh, short term wins before the end of the year. So SEM is certainly a great way to do that. And the other thing I really like about uh, SEM is that as you alluded to as well, is, is that it's really easy to track. I mean, we can we can certainly uh, set up you know multiple conversion points and track that very, very easily. And the client can know uh, exactly what their ROI is or, What we call ROA, return on ad spend, uh, as well as easily figure out what is your cost of acquisition. Uh, So that can really help a company that maybe has not done uh, that kind of marketing exercise before and gotten that data. Um, That's something that you could easily glean from from an SEO campaign, as as well as you know hopefully bringing in uh, a lot of new clients. So I think the the only other thing that I really wanted to uh, harping harp on and jump in on was that, that great point you made about uh, the difference between you know rental you know uh, and and uh, an ownership kind of of that space that you're buying uh, in SEO and SEM and I think the fact that uh, yeah that once you turn off SEM it's gone you're not going to be at the top of the page anymore is is certainly a factor to, to consider and that's, goes, that goes but harks back to something that we harp on uh, a lot when we're talking about how to set up a marketing campaign and how to not over rely on a platform. And that is to always be sending that traffic to something that you own. Uh, so theoretically, that's usually two places, uh, you know, your website uh, or your slash your app or an email list. So that's really important to consider uh, if you are gonna do an SEM campaign or really anything. I mean, if you're doing a Facebook messenger campaign, you know, you need to have a way to uh, to move those people to your website or to your email list, or at least get their name, phone number, and an uh, and email address, and so you can contact them later. You can set up a custom audience. You know, you can do something uh, once you turn off that campaign, and the, all that stuff has not just gone away. So that would be the only thing I, I would really uh, jump in and, and say it's important to do that if you're going to spend the kind of money that you're going to do on SEO and SEM, because to be honest, it's, it's, it's usually a pretty good sized investment, especially for a small business.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I was trying to say when I said, you know, there's a, there's a time and place for both of these tactics. One isn't necessarily better than the other. These are apples and oranges in some ways um, in that, you know, they're, they're really good at their own thing. Um, Like you said, SEM can be a really quick turnaround. So if you're looking for something very specific, you have a very specific offer that isn't uh, a long-term play, uh, maybe a a sale that's going on, a temporary offer, or if you're really trying to just give one aspect of your business a really strong boost or just temporarily increase traffic to somewhere, then SEM can be a really... uh, can just be this this adrenaline shot into a campaign uh, where you can get in front of a lot of people uh, for you know a fairly reasonable amount of money you can have that campaign be highly targeted and you can get a ton of data on it Um, i think that it can be even faster than you know say a a facebook marketing campaign which should be thought of in a little bit more long-term I don't know. Yeah. Longer term strategy. Uh, I think that's true. Just because you're
0: you're you're finding that mid bottom of the funnel people faster, you know. So Mm -hmm. I I think it's 100 percent correct. Uh, Now, I may I may say may caution people, though, that it is a little mm -hmm. bit tougher, I think, uh, to execute a Google AdWords campaign, uh, especially off the bat. So, you know, I don't think it's as uh, do it yourself as Facebook can be. You know, I think Facebook can sometimes be um, a little bit easier to stumble into something <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing than Google ads. But yeah, if you know what you're doing, I, I think you're right. You can just kind of cut to the chase a little bit faster uh, because it's yeah, it's just people who are in mid bottom funnel. Yeah, that's a good point there, Miles.
1: Yeah. And then to uh, spend a little bit on that stat that you cited there, um, you know, that, that is true, that um, People think that just being at that top of the of the Google search page is going to be highly advantageous, and a lot of people are going to click on that. But despite your ads being there right at the top, they're actually the last thing clicked. So when you do search for something, you're going to see those those sponsored things there at the top. You're going to see that map section there, and then you're going to see the organic results usually, uh, depending on what you're searching on. But most of the – now, it, it depends on what sta- – what, um, what study you're looking at, but yeah, uh, something like 65 to 80 something percent of the uh, clicks are just skipping past the ads, past the map and going straight to organic results. So those can be the most powerful there. And if you can get there on the first page of just those organic results, which really means you need to be top four or five, um, then that can be highly uh, advantageous to you. I mean, um, and, know, some people say the second page of Google might as well not exist. I don't think that's <laughs> true. Uh, but it's definitely awesome to be on that first page. The second one that's clicked is actually the maps. So you've got to make sure that you're... Um, your directory and map service listings are accurate, so that you're displaying properly on those maps. If we're talking Google, make sure that you have your um, Google My Business page claimed because that's tied directly oh, yeah. into their map services. Make sure that you've verified your lo- your business location because um, again, that ties into map services, and then the last thing clicked up there is the um, the actual ads at the top so that is something else to throw in there and then there's another variable that I don't actually have all of the answers on, but some new data is coming in uh, showing that maps in or ads in the maps section are converting higher than um, ads on the standard search result page mm-hmm. so you'll notice some that. things if you click on the on the little map section, like show me more or something, mm-hmm. and it takes you to that. Um, uh, there's a bunch of listings and a bunch of addresses, and the top one sometimes will say you know sponsored or there's a little green icon that says ad or something. And that type of ad is actually converting a little bit better than um, uh, the the normal ads in the regular search results. Now all the data isn't in on that, and I'm not entirely sure, so fact checking yeah. on it, but um, uh, from what I've seen so far, those may be a better bet.
0: Uh, that's, that's very believable miles. I, I could certainly see that. Um, and, and some, while, while we're digging up facts here, yeah, let's see if you, if you can find, I know you don't have nothing better to do today, but let's see if you can find, um, some, some facts on, on SEO and SEM traffic since COVID because I, this is my, my, um, uh, somewhat educated guess, but I would think that SEO and SEM, you know, rankings and, and positioning right now has been more important than it really ever has been uh, given what we've seen with the explosion of e-commerce and just the explosion of online sales and traffic over the last six months. Uh, you know, that man, those people who spent the last year or two uh, building up their positions in SEO, you know, and getting in the top, uh, three, uh, you know, in their categories, don't they look smart right now? Um, and, and so I think that's something that we all need to take a little bit more seriously uh, than maybe we did pre COVID is how we're ranking in, in all of our relative search results for our products and services. Because if we're not there in the, in the top section, we are missing out on a whole lot of traffic. And of course, that leads to a whole lot of sales.
1: Yeah, there have been a couple of things happening recently in just this. COVID world um, that definitely impact this. And I I can see if I can find some uh, more specific statistics here later. But um, in general, you're absolutely right. There has been a spike in uh, people conducting business online. Um, You know, we've been working with a lot of businesses to try to get them online um, because there are, one, uh, there's, there's more people buying things online now than before also there's more people buying things online for the first time so these are people that don't necessarily know how to buy their favorite products online so they're going to start with a search and they're going to judge companies based on number one the ones that they find in search engines and number two what they find because while You know, If they were shopping in person and they showed up to your place of business, they would be convinced that you are an amazing, reputable business and they absolutely want to buy from you. In the online space, if they search for you and they find that you have a a dysfunctional, outdated website or maybe don't even have a website, um, they're going to see you as less authoritative, as uh, less reputable. They're going to be more likely to do business with your competitors than maybe they would in an actual in-person type of interaction so it's yeah. it created this whole different um online shopping dynamic where having a a, a good modern functional mobile friendly uh search engine optimized website um, and a a a nice healthy online presence is more advantageous than ever uh, i know we've we've harped on that over the last couple of months yeah. That's absolutely it's you absolutely correct talks, but yeah it yeah. definitely plays into our seo sem conversation here
0: it's it's the difference between a big beautiful brand new storefront on mastery and having a dilapidated building falling apart and a forgotten strip mall on the edge of town yeah. i mean it, it's like which one do you want to do business with it, it's pretty pretty important stuff uh one other th- important thing miles i'll throw into this sem discussion Um uh, we'll give a shout out to our youtube viewers here we'll give you two to A little bit of love since we're streaming live on YouTube these days, Uh, and that is, you know, we're big fans of the uh, the combination, if you will, of Google uh, SEM with YouTube, uh, where you can uh, have pre-roll or mid-roll videos show up that will be paired exactly to Google search results. So I'm sure we've all probably experienced this as a consumer, you know, we're uh, we're searching for something, we're, we're wanting to buy a new car or whatever, we're doing a bunch of research on Google. And then we go and we want to watch a Michael Jordan video on YouTube. And the first thing that pops up is a car ad, right? A car commercial. Uh, well, that's all done through, through search engine marketing. And it's a very, very effective way to get in front of people. Don't poo-poo pre-roll video. I know a lot of people think, oh, I God, those things are so annoying. Mm-hmm. They don't work. Yes, they do work. Uh, they actually have one of the highest conversion rates of, of any kind of marketing out there. You just have to do a good video and you have to put something important to the audience in the first three seconds. But, yeah, it's it's very, very powerful tool that should not be overlooked.
1: Yeah, uh, this is probably a, a point to throw in uh, something that I didn't realize a lot of people knew. But if you didn't know already, um, Google owns YouTube or more accurately, the company that owns Google also owns YouTube. So those two tools really do play very nicely together. I was talking about doing You know, Google AdWords and Google Analytics, because then they can pass data back and forth and you can get some incredibly detailed and powerful metrics there. Um, But if you are also working in YouTube, uh, putting in some of those pre-roll ads or um, pairing an AdWords campaign uh, with some youtube advertising efforts then um, those tools all play nicely together as well and you can combine audiences and there's a there's a bunch of fun sort of overlaps that you can uh you can leverage when uh advertising cross platforms like that so i i think that came up in a conversation a, a few weeks back um I forget who I was talking to, but I mentioned that, you know, Google owned YouTube and they're just like, what, what are you talking about? Like, oh yeah, Yeah. it's all the same people, same stuff behind the curtains.
0: (laughs) And it's, a lot of people don't realize that YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. And it has been for several years now. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really important to have some sort of a presence. I feel like on YouTube, even if it's just having your company channel up there and posting regular content to it actually yeah. let me let me can i can i just add one more piece of value for that because somebody might say okay well what kind of value or what kind of content am i gonna do to provide value and so here's something that i i really love is when i'll just I'll give an example okay a, a boating company okay when a boating company does how-to videos on how to winterize your boat how to take care of your boat how to safely um, put your boat into the water and take it out Etc. Et a new boat comes out and they are the first ones in the category to do a review on that boat. It brings so much traffic to their channel of people who had no idea who they were, but they love that product and they love that category. And now they're finding that company over all the other companies because they're not out there necessarily searching to buy a boat, right? This isn't when we get into more top of the funnel stuff, but they're interested in bowing category they're going to be a customer someday or maybe they've already been a customer this is a long buying funnel of course this category i'm talking about so it's really important that you're nurturing all aspects of the funnel and by providing value to them without being salesy that company is, is getting the know like and trust factor that we talk about all the time and the trust part is is maybe the most important thing uh and that's what they're building there and so that comes in the top of the funnel and that, then, when the, when the customer is ready to buy, they've already leaped far ahead of the rest of the competition, who's out there probably just doing middle of the bottom of the funnel, you know, conversion uh, marketing, or they're doing the, you know, I've been here since 1947. I'm family M. can see me because I exist type of marketing. And uh, the person who's going above and beyond and bringing the value is the one that's going to win. And that's so easy to do on YouTube these days. There's a little tactical, little tactical uh, aspect for for the audience out there.
1: All right. Well, um, as one has just come in here, this is a good time. It's a good time, any to remind you that this is a this is a live stream, live show. We're right here, right here, uh, right now to answer your questions. Um, so this is supposed to be an open q a Please throw your questions into the comments. If you've had any experience working with anything that we're talking about, and you just want to j- uh, jump in the conversation. Uh, please. Again, go in the comments. Um, Or if you're watching this later, then please email us your questions at askwildman at wildmanweb.com because we do this every week. So we'll make sure to get to your questions next Wednesday at 11 when we're live streaming to both our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. That being said, we did get a question over here on what we are talking about from our friend Jeff, Mr. Jeff Fry. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. What kind of investment goes into using a pixel ads. So probably have to expand on this question uh, a little bit, Jeff. When we say pixels, typically that's just the uh, that's the tracking code specifically from uh, social media uh, marketing campaigns that we put on your website. So we'll take the the tracking pixel from say Facebook and add it to your website. And that's how we can tell what kind of traffic is coming from that advertising campaign and going to your website and how Uh, We're getting this traffic over there, who's clicking on it. Um, That does change how we manage the the campaign itself. So we can retarget people who click on that, uh, or we can remarket to them after they've clicked on that and visited your website. Um, So there's a lot of things that we can do with that, but we don't run specifically pixel ads or pixel-only campaigns Typically, if we're running some sort of digital marketing campaign, uh, whether that's a a Google Ads campaign or we're advertising on Facebook and Instagram or YouTube or whatever we're doing, we're going to try to track that as much as possible. And if it makes sense in that particular campaign to track it back to a website, then we're going to be using some form of of pixel or or tracking code. Mike, did you have anything else on that or anything? I'll I'll hop
0: in. You maybe put the question up there for the. For the folks to see at home but yeah good question jeff good morning sir so yeah pixel we could do a whole episode on on pixels that's a that's a deep deep rabbit hole to get to get into um, but yeah generally yeah like miles was saying a pixel is is a tool that we use in a campaign and it's used for a lot of different factors but the basic things that we use them for are track all the data to track all the traffic to find out who went where off of the ad, what did they do when they got to that website or landing page or wherever we're sending them, uh, and and then to be able to talk to them afterwards, otherwise known as remarketing or retargeting, uh, meaning that then we can send them ads wherever they go on the internet. So if they go uh, to wildmanweb.com, they trigger our pixel, and then they're going to espn.com, well, we could theoretically send them an ad would show up on ESPN.com reminding them of how great Wildman web is and you should do business with us right so so that that's the very high level uh, you know uh, usage of of the pixel there's a whole lot of other things that you could get into uh, with how to use pixel data and and, and remarket with it Uh, but generally speaking it's a part of every single campaign that we do whether it's across Facebook uh, Instagram LinkedIn uh, Google you know, we use Pixels uh, every single time we can. The only reason why we wouldn't use a Pixel is if we're uh, dealing with a company who, uh, maybe they're a, a, a franchise of a Fortune 500 company, and they don't have a backend access to their website. They can't, you know, let us in to put the Pixel on. You know, that would be the only time uh, that we would do that. And even, <laughs> and even when we've had some clients like that, we've we, uh, in the past sometimes set up a whole separate landing page for them. Uh, just so they could have a pixel and run marketing uh, to that landing page because we couldn't get one on their corporate page. So it's a very, very important tool uh, that is basically a part of every campaign that we do. Uh, now, some of you at home who do, you know, do it yourself, Facebook ads, you may be thinking, how come I've never seen this pixel thing before? Well, it's, it's something that you have to do inside of ads manager. And it's certainly uh, not an entry level thing. You know, most people who do Facebook ads that aren't a professional edit, they're not going to have a whole lot of use for a pixel uh, because they're not going to understand how to use it. So I guess to kind of answer your question of what investment goes into using a pixel ad, uh, well, nine times out of 10, you're going to have to hire an agency uh, in order to um, execute a pixel strategy effectively for you. So that's, of course, an added investment, or you're going to have to invest the time and the energy and your own money, <laughs> you still don't get out of the whole money part um, to to do it yourself and to teach yourself how to do it, um, or you could hire you know somebody. you know Miles and I do consulting as well for people that just want to want to do it themselves but don't want to take a year of failure <laughs> in order to figure it out, and they want a professional to help them along the way. So maybe you'd hire a professional to help you uh, figure that out. So that would be the investment that it would kind of take uh, in order to start doing or start utilizing pixels, uh, in your ads. Uh, but yeah, it's really just a, a piece of code that gets put on a website and then there's all the various other usage we do uh, beyond that. But the main thing that we're going to be able to get from that is all kinds of insane data, uh, which really helps us understand uh, not only the marketing campaign, but more importantly, probably the audience itself of that business. And so we're able to use that data for future campaigns, you know, on and on and on into the future and learn more. Uh, maybe not even about the market. Maybe we'll learn something about that and we'll switch something in house. You know, that hey, actually, you guys are you totally set up your retail, you know, <laughs> playing wrong uh, based on what we found that people like according to the pixel data. So, all kinds of good stuff that you can glean from.
1: Yeah, and probably probably one of the things that we say more often people are are tired of hearing us say at this point is that, you know, testing and measurement is key to doing anything that we're talking about, anything in digital marketing, anything with technology. You got to measure what you're doing. You got to test it out, see what works, see what doesn't um, and, and have a way of tracking that. So no matter what kind of uh, effort that you're doing, uh, any kind of marketing effort, if you're doing, uh, let's say SEM, if you're doing SEO, if you're doing Facebook ads, if you're getting into YouTube um, or doing email marketing, whatever it is, make sure that you have a good way to measure things. Um, So Pixel here is really just a measurement tool, um, but it's definitely one to to leverage. And if you are running any kind of um, Google ads, Facebook ads, anything like that, and you aren't leveraging a Pixel, uh, do it. You definitely do that. Yeah. It's going to increase the effectiveness by, uh, of your campaign. I don't know, uh, double it. I, some sort of massive improvement there, uh, based yeah. on what you can do and really extend the functionality of those, those advertising platforms.
0: That's a good, a good point, Miles. I'll just, I'll, I'll double that recommendation. If you're going to yeah. spend any, any kind of real money on a Facebook campaign, my real money has been, you know, anything over $500 probably a month. Don't do it with that pixel. Bad idea.
1: All right. Well, uh, Jeff, if you want us to go any further into that, please uh, let us know in the comments. Anyone else have any questions, please uh, let us know in the comments. I got one uh, comment here from Shannon. Uh, Do you guys have a package uh, for helping with my website and SEO? a short answer yes uh long answer is we don't really do a lot of packages but rather we'll look at your specific website your company your uh your needs and build something out specifically for you um, a lot of this stuff is highly individualized so we try not to you know just pre-package and send out the deal of the day but rather talk to our clients specifically figure out exactly what they need build something out for you and then uh and send that out but uh you know, we'll talk to you offline about that. Um, if you want to set up a meeting, then you can go to our website, wildmanweb.com and click on uh, schedule consult. All right, so I'll use this minute here before uh, we kind of come into our, our closing run, uh, just to let everyone know that again, uh, this is Ask Wildman open Q&A. Uh, if you have any questions, throw them in the comments, uh, make sure to follow us every week. We're doing this every Wednesday at 11, live streaming to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. So pick your poison there and tune in live. If you are watching this later, uh, you can still involve yourself by emailing us at askwildmanandwildmanweb.com. And we are doing this um, to be a resource um, and and, uh, as a public service, or trying to get out in front of as many people as possible, answer as many questions as possible. um, And and uh, just uh, you know be as big a resource as possible. So if you can help us by liking and sharing this video, telling your friends about this live stream, uh, getting people in and watching this and engaging with us, um, then hopefully we can be uh, more useful to more people. So let us know on that. We also have a couple of other resources out there for anyone wanting to learn more about uh, the stuff we're talking about. You can go to our website, wildmanweb.com. We've got a bunch of resources there, but specifically our articles section, wildmanweb.com slash articles. uh, There's a bunch of quick little um, sort of blog posts, articles that go into uh, social media, digital marketing, SEO. There's a whole SEO, SEOM article over there that goes into what we're talking about today uh nothing crazy technical crazy deep dive or anything but we do cite all of our sources in there so um, if you really want to learn about something that can be a really good starting point a good jumping off point to um, dive down one of these rabbit holes and and really learn about how some of this stuff works Um, and if you do have a business you're wanting to leverage your online services or your online presence a little bit more we also have a toolkit to help you out with that Um, Go to wildmanwebcom slash LBOT and sign up there for some free software, free tools uh, to get you started. There's tools to help you manage your online reputation, reviews, um, to manage your different social media presences, to uh, establish and spread your listings like we were talking about earlier in this, um, to increase your SEO, um, all all sorts of tools in there to uh, kind of get you you started and uh, let you hit the ground running just to close here we do have a question coming in from uh, the uh, coming into our email inbox and there's actually a, a lot of questions in here but we're just going to hit on one for now and maybe come back to to more next week um, and that is asking about how to use your website and use your company's online presence to expand customer trust um, mike as the sort of lead marketing strategist over here uh, strategy man i'm going to i'm going to toss that over to you maybe hit on your your top two or three points for for using yes. technology and digital marketing to expand trust
0: i love talking about trust thank you miles uh, you know as as i say ad nauseum the three most important things that we should be doing with our marketing are getting our audience to know like and trust us i think the no is is the one we probably spend the most time talking about and that's that's probably the easiest one to figure out. You just gotta get attention, right? So you go to where the attention is and you make some noise there. Uh, getting people to like you is uh, is fairly uh, the next step in terms of easiness, and that is putting out something that's relevant to them uh, content-wise, but how do we build trust? That's, that's an excellent question. Um, in terms of our online presence, well, I think a little bit, we touched on it before, um, and that's, you know, first of all, just making sure that you have an up-to-date website, have something that looks presentable, if you will, uh, to because that is you know your uh, billboard to the world right now. It's your storefront, is your website, and so that's the that's the first thing. You know, is it's, it's got to look like something that's professional. It's got to look like something that is has not been uh, thrown together or neglected. Uh, but further, you know, beyond that, I think the, a big thing that we can do is have transparency and set up some way to do. Uh, one-on-one communication with our audience, and so maybe that's you know setting up a portal uh, to take uh, suggestions or take questions and have them quickly be answered, you know, through your website or through your app, or maybe it's doing stuff like this—you know, doing live uh, videos, live presentations—you are a- actually able to interact in real time with your consumer. But uh, you know, people don't like walls. People don't like uh, to be able to not get access. Uh, to their companies that they're spending money with. That's certainly something that's gonna erode trust. And I think the other thing that we can be doing uh, specifically on our website is, you know, really focusing on that about us page. That can be a a great opportunity for you to really show who you are, um, you know, besides just being a stale company. Uh, Obviously customer reviews and testimonials that we've talked about a lot. on the show, uh, since COVID hit, especially it's been more important than ever. Uh, and that's something that you should be toting on your social media. You know, when you get a great review, you should be sharing that, uh, with your audience. And it should be something that is, is at least, uh, easily able to be found on your website, if not something that's proudly displayed, uh, on your website. Uh, and, and maybe something that doesn't get, uh, done enough miles is, uh, you know, white papers and in, in, in case studies, you know, I'd really like to see people put more case studies out there. Um, speaking of which, group, we've got some case studies that we're we're putting out ourselves. We're, we're taking our own advice and, and and doing some of these things too. Uh, but that's a great way, you know, to really kind of prove, if you will, uh, the the proof is in the pudding. You know, one of the biggest mistakes that uh, companies make is they make unsubstantiated claims. This goes back to uh, Roy Williams, The Wizard of Ads, and the 12 causes of advertising failure. And uh, that's a big one, you know, just basically saying that you're the best is, uh, is complete BS. But, you know, next time you watch a commercial break or, or you're scrolling on the internet, and you see some ads, uh, just look at how many companies that that's really their entire messaging is an unsubstantiated claim. Um, so have a third party, uh, you know, an independent third party, uh, you know, validating what you're saying is so important. So that's going to be customer reviews, testimonials, or like I said, case studies is a really big one that I don't think enough companies are taking advantage of. Uh, and I see the other thing, you know, off the top of my head, I would say we talk about this a lot, and, and that is uh, documenting and showing what's happening behind the scenes. You know, not having all your content being Uh, this polished, you know, Hollywood, if you will, you know, edited piece of content, you know, show something real, show, show your, your people working, show your people making mistakes, show you making mistakes, right? Because we all do that. Uh, And that's actually, that's one of my favorite things is when a company does make the mistake to come out and admit it, uh, and to put that out there, I think that really goes a long way to building trust. Um, also, taking misconceptions. You know, all of us have misconceptions about our industry, about our product, about our services, maybe about our company, um, you know, the, the company itself. Uh, and so instead of hiding behind that and trying to skirt it underneath the rug, I really love it when companies come out and they address it head on and they tackle those misconceptions and they try to overcome them. And I think that that goes a long way uh, to building trust. But yeah, Miles, we should probably come back and do a whole I know we're running out of of time here today. Uh, We've got some meetings coming up, but we should probably spend a whole episode or at least half an episode uh, digging into the trust factor and what companies can do in order to improve their online presence and their online content to really build that trust factor up with their audience because, to me, of the three things, that's the one that you really need to spend the most time on. It's the hardest one to accomplish, but it's the one that's going to uh, create the most customer retention, you know, and, and of course, that's so important to building a long lasting uh, business and the increase your sales year over year is to have that retention base. So you're not having to deal with a bunch of churn. And then when you go out and you acquire new customers, it's just gravy on top instead of trying to uh, you know scramble back to where you were. So those are some of my thoughts about uh, how to build trust online.
1: Some good points. And uh, I think we'll consider that our teaser for next week's episode of ask wild man. <laughs> we'll maybe dive a little bit and let Mike really go on that. Uh, that trust factor. Um, so, like I said, we are doing this every week, live streaming to our Facebook page and YouTube. Um, if you're just coming in now, make sure to uh, you know check in next Wednesday at 11. We'll be doing this live stream again. Um, this is meant to be an open q a and involve anyone and everyone who wants to jump in here. So please like and share and tell your friends about this live stream. If you're watching live, uh, put your questions in the comments um, or feel free to email us. If you're watching this later, ask Wildman at, askwildman at wildmanweb.com I do have that address scrolling uh, below us but I think that's that's it for for us today so thanks for everyone for watching um, and for those of you who jumped in with your questions Mike thank you as always for your time and wisdom
0: appreciate it Moss thanks to everybody who watched thanks for the question everybody have a prosperous week see you next week
1: awesome all righty like I said check in with us next week for another episode of Ask Wildman. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman
0: at wildmanweb.com.